Welcome to Savvy Saturday, where we hope through real talk and business savvy, we help you become a little more confident, a little more comfortable, and savvier about building your business. We're just three women from different backgrounds who recognize the gap between wellness strategies and business practices. We're your hosts. I'm Nat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Hilda. Savvy Saturdays. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. I got here on time. Feeling good. That's awesome, Nat. You know, I'm feeling like I'm finally getting the gist of Saturday mornings, like being productive and getting up and doing something that's not just like slowly moving into my day is changing. So I guess that's a difference from our childhood because I feel like I woke up to bachata at 6 a.m. And no, that that's exactly why I am the way I am as an adult, because my mother would be that person at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Like, let's go. It's time to clean. Like, no. Well, I'm scared how I was playing in the background, you guys. It's it like a Pavlov dog situation. I need to clean. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, like, I'm not doing it. We're breaking cycles already. <laughs> So today I wanted to actually talk about family life and business because I feel like it's a question that you guys get a lot being the the owners and CEO, COO of Salud. How is it working with family and how do you guys remain productive without, I guess, pulling out each other's hair? It's funny you ask this because we do get this question a lot and it's a question that I I never even really thought about until it was asked because... It is a family business and we grew up in this business. So we really don't know any different. Like Salud has been an integral part of who we are from birth. So it was always like in the background, whether that's exactly where we grew up after school or. We've been working in it for forever. Yeah, Yeah. it's. Child labor laws relax. <laughs> and I, well, let's be real; they they still are in many ways. And then Sarah, you you gave us a, a little tidbit not too long ago that you technically could hire your kids. At oh, seven, I'm definitely. Right? I'm owed money. I have to oh, go talk to and share this tip. Uh, you can definitely hire your children once they're seven. They need to actually be hired and employed doing something that is age appropriate. But you can hire them and provide them a salary, which then you can invest or put away for them so definitely you know look at what you can hire them to do in your business and do it I mean I'm Micah does not know what's coming to him (laughs) he's gonna do most of our taxes so and then like before we jump into it a quick follow-up question can you fire your children you could and I already told him that he Because I think, severance. <laughs> well, that that goes back into your question. So I think that understanding what the goal is here, and that is, you know, to grow the company, to keep the company in business, to do the best that we can for our employees means that whatever responsibility is entrusted into us needs to be done with respect, needs to be done to the best of our abilities and cannot be you know, um, treated as if it's a second, um, you know, like not important because it's the family business or, mm-hmm. oh, it's my sister who told me to do this. So I'll get to it. You know, mm-hmm. um, the responsibility responsibility is not only to her, it's to the entire team. So a hundred percent. I know we're joking about seven year olds, mm-hmm. right. But transitioning from being the children that grew up in the business to now being the people who are leading the business and hearing what you just said, Sarah, of like, taking that position seriously 
and not looking at Hilda as your sister? Like, can you talk through like setting that boundary almost of when is she your sister versus when is she the, the chief operating officer? So she is my sister after work hours only. And, <laughs> and before. And before. <laughs> Unless something really important happens. And then we will speak business after. But it has to be something like a very big fire. Because otherwise, like, she won't listen to me or I won't listen to her. And Which happened. And it wasn't even a big fire. It happened last night. She was just tapping on my room. And I was just ready to curl up into bed. And I'm like, I'm not talking about business and she's like no check your email and something that we had to address came up and I'm like all right so this this makes a lot of sense and that's sure. normal in, in regular work life too right you're technically on the clock from mm-hmm. nine to six you're supposed to take if anybody takes it their hour lunch break mm-hmm. but if you're not a shift worker and you're building a business whether you're on the corporate side or business owner side you do work off of the clock because emergencies and fires happen Absolutely. right And I think that being an entrepreneur or being a business owner is something where you are working all day long, whether you're actually um, engaging in meetings or, you know, really, really working as to like being in front of a computer. That's probably during an allotted period of time, whether like you're in the store or tending to the register or whatever it is that you do. But I'm working while I'm in bed because I'm thinking of how Mm -hmm. I can grow the business. I'm thinking of what other things we can do to improve the business. So I never stop thinking about it. Like I'm always, if you go by those standards, I'm always working, you know, I'm just not always sharing my ideas with her, which is why it has boundaries. (laughs) I was like, send me memes, not invoices. (laughs) No. So what has helped us with that are um, different softwares like Workcast or Mm -hmm. Slack where I can put all my ideas down and share them so that I don't forget them. But she doesn't have to look at them until she's ready to look at them. Got it. So what I'm hearing is you treat family business like you treat any business. So Mm -hmm. the same resources like Slack, right, that you have, you know, in any Fortune 5 or even, you know, everyday mom and pop shop type of style business or even if it is a family business, you're still using a work channel to communicate. So you're not like sending what should have been an email and a text message because it's your sister or because your cousin or, you know. No, we almost never communicate through like WhatsApp or text Mm -hmm. with business things. It's always, and it's also just easier to keep those conversations in a work channel so that you can find them because finding like an invoice in between like the 78 memes that she sends me Mm -hmm. is going to (laughs) be difficult to do. My memes, I'm a millennial. And I think like, we're talking about a lot about Slack and these kind of work casts, these plugins that go into these softwares that help uh, companies kind of organize themselves. It's useful for us to separate it because it's the personal from the business. Correct? Nice, but it also yeah. helps us to really like shift in our mindset. So it's almost like you're trained. You see Slack, you're in business mode. And, you know, that's also where we communicate with our employees. Uh, shout out to Slack because it's also in Spanish language. So it helps us a lot. Because nice. Employees speak Spanish. Um and by using those two different channels and setting up that boundary literally down to the technology that we use has been really useful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think also our, it helps with our, like our father is our third partner in this business and he has been, you know, we, we've had to teach him boundaries. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, absolutely. Well, this like you said, he had you guys working from the womb. So exactly. <laughs> 
No, like literally. So, you know, he's not very good at um, not talking business when it's not time to talk business or even the other way around. Like when we're trying to talk business and he's in a different like, mindset. What do you want for lunch? I'm going to make you dinner. <laughs> you know? yeah. So we, we've had to sort of mm-hmm. teach him that. Can I, can I probe on that a little bit? Do you think it's because he's your dad and like family business or that entrepreneurs just starting out? Like if we look at like these smaller micro businesses, they don't know that they can get that work resource like a Slack at that level. Like they're just not familiar with it. And, Mm. and maybe like I find a lot of small businesses or like entrepreneurs use WhatsApp a lot, Yeah, but maybe they just don't know of WordCast. Mm -hmm. Like what's WordCast? WordCast is an application that integrates into sav- into uh, Slack. Slack, and it. I just have our savvy sector Slack, and that's why I read that. <laughs> See, we're working in the work channel. And, um, so it uh, it allows you to do tasks and to assign tasks and give tasks de- deadlines and integrate documents into them. So it's like a really streamlined way to organize to do delegate work. For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think with what you're asking. In our position, it's really unique because our father started the company over 30 years ago and he really did start as a mom and pop shop. And those mm-hmm. resources literally didn't exist. Things are so different now. So they, it's so different. And now, at least for me and my peers that are either taking over the family businesses or are, I would say taking over the family businesses and seeing like, hey, you know, I mean, Bobby, we can grow this to whatever. And there's almost like a, a handholding and there's a change that they need to learn how to set those boundaries and they need to learn how to work now in the mm-hmm. present day, um, which could be really difficult. Cause I mean, I'm sure there's times that my dad looks at me. I'm like, why is my 30 year old daughter telling me what to do? <laughs> but like, you know, I've been doing this forever. There needs yeah. to be a learned trust too, that what we're saying is going to work or that we, you mm-hmm. know, that we know what we're talking about because, you know, essentially looking at it from his perspective, like just, when he was here over the weekend, he was telling us all of the trials and tribulations that he had to endure, things that we've never heard. Because, like, there's yeah. stories that sort of he just divulges. Um, Pops up during making finals. Right <laughs> and we were like, whoa, we did not know you had to do that, you know? Um, and so he's, you know, he's created this business. Like, he's raised this little baby. And mm-hmm. so for us to say, you know, oh, no, now we're not doing this this way. You know, I'm sure he's like, you guys are going to just blow this all up. And then what, you know, yeah. so, like, and that's all he knows, right? That's all he knows. His, his mentality. And a lot of the times I would say is he's not going to go and get a second career. This mm-hmm. is his career. But you know, what's interesting though, about what you're saying, it translates across the board because think of all of the entrepreneurs that start in their basement or their backyard mm-hmm. or their garage or in the corner of, of like their, their kid's room or whatever the case is. Then they expand and they start a business with their best friend. And then next thing you know, like they hire their first hire, but then that person's, you know, hire number one, hire number three. And that person becomes like family, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you hear those phrases of like, this is my work wife. This is my work husband or my, my business partner. That's work now partner. my best friend, <laughs> my work partner. And you have to still set those same boundaries because you build a bond mm-hmm. because you have a shared vision. You're investing in it. It becomes the shared baby, mm-hmm. but you still have to then separate like wine Wednesday from whining on Wednesday mm-hmm. about like the business. So it's interesting that like you speak of it from your lens of like, this is a business my father started that we've now taken over. But I would say any business that's moving and making that jump from, 
employee three to now employee 10 to employee 50, Mm -hmm. those things happen. Cause like I've worked in environments where you're in a small business and you outsource everything. You outsource HR, you outsource a creative team, you outsource production. And then as you scale, you start bringing those things in. And when those things come in, it's new process. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You're still teaching the older people, maybe not by age, the way we're defining like a a family business, but by seniority, Mm -hmm. uh, a new way of working. So it's, it's definitely interesting in like the training process, the shifting in how we work, but it's understanding that sheer goal of we want to grow, we want to succeed, and this is the way to do it the most efficient way possible. Absolutely. Right? I feel like when I did that, when I was in San Francisco and I started my marketing agency for social impact with two best friends, um, the conversations that we had, it's like, how are we going to navigate being best friends, but also really passionate about starting this company together, um, being entrepreneurs, being kind of like in the tech scene and SF mm-hmm. and doing all of that. And a lot of it was, you know, we were really clear about setting boundaries. Even if we were struggling, essentially like college, early twenties, college kids. And we were like, mm-hmm. we can't live together. Although San Francisco is super expensive. We're like, yeah. let's find one place, which a lot of people did in SF. They'd find like a home space and founders would live together. I'm like, we can't do that. We need time apart. Um, we need to have our own space. And we also really worked on learning and kind of playing to each other's strengths and a personal sense also, um, not just in work. So like I work really well in the mornings, mm-hmm. my business partner, then Diana, shout out. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're still best friends. Uh, you made it. <laughs> yeah, we made it. We closed the company, but it's cool. We made it as a friend, which is really important, but she like, she can't take naps. And I would be like, I need to take a nap during the day. If we're going to work all sorts of hours while we're building this company. And she would be like, I need to sleep until like noon and then I'm great during the rest of the day. So we just kind of worked our way around it. But being vulnerable and having those conversations, especially if you're a small business and Mm -hmm. you're working with people who are going to be there all the time. Even when I worked at a startup and my mentor, like I was working on her couch out of her apartment in New York in the Lower East Side. And, you know, I had a lot of respect for her and everything, but I was like in her space the whole time. So we had to have boundaries. No, it's true. And I I love when you said like time apart and figuring that out in the beginning, like for sure, it's very easy with family, with friends. And then with coworkers that become friends, mm-hmm. you find yourself with them all the time and the lines begin to blur, right? Cause you just had breakfast and then you're rolling into a 10 AM meeting and then you are, you know, you're going to have lunch with this person. And what I found throughout my career you create bonds. You're with these people at work for longer than you are with your actual family or your pets or whatever the case is. And you're like, I really didn't like the way this person did X, Y, and Z in a meeting, but at lunch, I don't want to bring it up. But when we get back to work, I do have to address it because Mm -hmm. sometimes that person's your peer. Sometimes that person's, you know, someone who reports into you and you do, have to be vulnerable and you have to figure out, okay, how do I take time apart from this situation, compose my thoughts and bring it back in a way so that it's constructive feedback. You have to be vulnerable, but then be courageous in the conversation because it goes back to that shared goal. Like I'm only doing this to promote you, to promote this business Mm -hmm. and to get us to the end goal, but it's uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's hard to tell someone like they're wrong or they're not good at answering text messages which is feedback I got recently <laughs> well I think that when you um <laughs> bye 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 Sarah that was 
Um, <laughs> but I think that once you decide, like, at least for me, I don't have like a huge group of friends as also was illustrated earlier today. Um, I think that when you let these people in, you need to value their feedback or at least, yeah. or not need to, I don't want to tell anybody what they need to do. But for me, when I let, when I let people in, I let them in because I value, you know, who they are. I value their presence in my life. And so when they tell me something, I always try to look at it from a lens of, it's coming from a good place, not an attack place, not a, you know, a, a put me down place. Mm-hmm. I know this person has their best interest in mind or my best interest in mind. So shift the way that I'm interpreting what you're saying so that I can receive the feedback that you're, mm-hmm. that you're giving me yeah. and not automatically feel like, well, why is she attacking me? We just had lunch. You so, know? so what I'm hearing is like, know that the intent behind what's being said outweighs maybe the way it's being delivered. Mm. Yes, I think so. I think that that's, I think that's how, you know, Hilda and I get, get through it too, because there are times where we have to put each other in a, in, in place, right. Or where we have Mm -hmm. to say, listen, what you did there wasn't right. Or you Mm -hmm. dropped the ball or this and this and that. And it doesn't feel good when you first hear it, but you know that it's because it's something that's important that needs to change and that it's for the better of you and the project that you're working on. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. Clear on your mission for what you're trying to do for the company. Cause at the end of the day, we could approach it in different ways, but we know that we want to make our company better for ourselves and for our employ- employees and pays employees. employees. <laughs> <laughs> fancy but now I was curious, can you share an example from, cause we, at least I can speak for myself. I haven't worked in corporate at all i've been an entrepreneur since i was for oh my god 10 years now i just turned 32 yeah, welcome I feel, I feel, <laughs> catch up i feel sorts of ways about that i'm gonna go reflect and journal later <laughs> yeah so an example and of, an example of like a close relationship you'd had and how you navigated that yeah no it's um one relationship building is key no matter what sector of business you're in no mm-hmm. matter what industry it is like the better relationships you have with the people you work with, the better your business is going to be and the smoother it's going to feel. Cause like I said before, you are with these people a whole ton. Um, and even in this virtual environment, that is the pandemic, you are looking at them and you're, you're in your safe space of work with these people all the time. So mm-hmm. um, no matter what, every job I've been in, I've always ended up with a work wife, a work husband or, or a close colleague that I've called on um, for advice And you build relationships and it always starts the same, right? Like with every relationship, it starts with a very professional, like, oh, would you like to have lunch together? Let's Mm -hmm. talk about our our business objectives and how we grow together. And the next thing you know, after you get to know that person, it's like, where did you get those genes? Mm -hmm. Or um, how'd you have this, you know, difficult conversation with so-and-so? I have a shared experience and you become, it becomes more intimate, right? Mm -hmm. Like with every relationship. And I found that it's similar to what you guys are saying. Eventually, you start pulling apart like the personal relationship you have from the professional one that you have. And you do have to set up the boundary of, I am your boss. Mm -hmm. I am your colleague. Um, I'm here to support you in any way, shape or form. But because I know you now personally, I need you to understand the intent behind what I'm saying, because I'm only trying to improve what's being done. So um, I think a more direct example would be, uh, I would say, 
early on in my career, but I was already, it was like one of my first experiences as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gotten promoted and it was like a really big deal. And I had my work wife and she was like totally excited about it, clapped me up. Like she was like, yes, you deserve this and all those types of things. And there wasn't a, a jealousy at all, even though I got promoted and she didn't. But then give it a few months, I got transferred to another account um, in the supervisor role and she became someone I managed. Mm. And I found that when we were just colleagues working on separate pieces of business and, you know, shooting the shit, if you will, um, and sharing our experiences, it was totally fine. When I started working with this person, I was like, there's definitely rooms, you know, for improvement. And I started understanding maybe why her trajectory wasn't as, quote unquote, quick as mine. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I found it was really difficult to give feedback. And in the beginning, there was a lot of like, hey, let's call her Sally for this Mm -hmm. conversation. Hey, Sally, um, let's have lunch. And I would take her out of the office to kind of not make it feel so, I guess, professional. Mm -hmm. And like, I wanted her to know, like, I'm not disregarding the fact that we have a relationship or Mm -hmm. a friendship. Um, But I do need to just be real with you. So the one thing I did differently in that situation than I would have with someone that I didn't have a personal relationship with was I kept it all the way real, but outside of the office. Mm -hmm. So she understood, look, I'm having a very candid conversation with you and I'm going to give you tips to improve, but please know, like, I am going to have to document this when we get like almost Mm -hmm. giving her the heads up. Like, so when we get back to the office, you're going to see an email from me and it's not going to maybe sound the way that I'm talking to you right now, but I'm going to give you the respect because we are friends Mm -hmm. of like, these are the three things you got to get better at, but don't be blindsided when you see a very professional email come from me because you know that we're professional women. You know that I have to do this if you are anyone else. And I feel like that, that helped because people feel, don't want to feel like you're switching it up. Like we were friends and now you're acting like you don't know me. So I think giving the little the little heads up from a friendly perspective to say like, you're about to see this come from me. You know why I'm sending this. Like, we know each other, you know what's going on, but I still got to take care of me and my job and my professional career. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that helped us get through those pieces of feedback of recognizing the relationship you have, but understanding like we still have a shared goal in this business together and for our professional development. So without divulging too much, it helped. It worked. Um, but there were also instances in my career where it didn't and mm-hmm. where um, I'd asked not to be on a piece of business with someone because it felt like a conflict of interest. Yeah. You know, um, so so that's really how I, I handle those situations. It's recognizing the personal relationship, but then also making it really clear, like there is a professional one that we have to follow the rules for. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. It's not disregarding the relationship and yeah. respect to it because I feel like from what I've heard from other friends who work in mm-hmm. corporate, especially other friends who are Latino, Latina, Black, minority in the spaces that they're yeah. working in. It's just like, there could be this persona. And I'm just, again, it's not my personal experience of they act all buddy-buddy, whoever in that situation. And then they kind of, you think you have this relationship with the person, but then they kind of switch, right? They do have the... What they call, call becoming brand new. <laughs> they came brand new with the person yeah like, oh, where are you coming from with this i thought everything was cool yeah and they're like no 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 and then it, it really kind of almost pushes them down because i've had friends who tell me be like i thought i was doing great and yeah. then all of a sudden x y and z and then they're trying to be all buddy buddy and take me out to go drink wine they're like i don't know now i have no trust for you right so yeah that, and that's even more difficult for 
my friends who are in that space and are of color from what I've hear what I've heard them say to me is that they feel like they have no one they can trust. They yeah, like well, they they're, well, space. on the corporate side and even in the in the entrepreneurial world, there aren't a lot of people who look like us. Mm-hmm. So you're already only bonding with the what five people that you got in the office, and mm-hmm. then when that one of those five become your boss or have to give you feedback, it is more difficult because you want to see the other person succeed, but you gotta call out the weakness. Yeah, because yeah. how are they going to grow? If anything, it's a disservice to act like you don't see it because someone else is going to recognize it, whether they look like you or not, and you will get let go or you will be written up or whatever, you know, the process is at your job. Um, So you have to give the feedback. I think, again, going back to what I said, it is key to be able to respect the relationship that exists and then bringing it back to the professional world. I think giving the heads up is so key in those situations Mm -hmm. because that's when it feels brand new when you're being called out in a setting and it's like, why are you talking to me like this? Or, you know, I had this problem with so-and-so and and you just did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's when you realize it's professional ways of working versus personal ways of working. Mm -hmm. And when the two are combined, it's really understanding that you have to, you got to recognize the two. You can't act like they're separate because you can't, you're not taking me to wine after you just ring me out in the meeting. Like, I'm not interested. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got to go find my other friend to talk crap about you. About with. like, <laughs> same wine that you just invited me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in the, in all of that, I also heard that you need to, like you said, recognize that weakness, but also as the person who may be not doing their best, you know, don't try to get a pass either. Oh, well, you know, I'm only going to do half the work because Natalie's my friend and now yeah. she's my boss. So I got a sweet deal. You know, yeah. like, don't be that person either. No, because it's also like you're going to make me look bad mm-hmm. and our job is to look good. And that's exactly. not respecting the relationship. Right. So I, yeah, I think that's really critical. So kind of just to like bring it all home, bring it kind of together. The things that I heard that we talked about for the savvy tips is, you know, setting boundaries. We were talking about having time apart, um, definitely playing to our strengths and add on of like, respecting the relationship that's there mm-hmm. um the work channel was key the work channel is really critical of like literally separating the what's a slack message goes into a slack message what's a meme goes into the meme portals in the world yeah whatever you want to use it because by doing that i think you are respecting the relationship and understanding that the relationship you have with either a family member or a coworker who becomes really close to you in and I know there's so many people who like I've been in coworkers' weddings and all of these mm-hmm, things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're respecting that relationship by creating those boundaries and understanding that it's a multifaceted, multidimensional person you're dealing with um, is huge. Yeah. I don't know what else. I, I think that those all those tips, I for me, are applicable to every single relationship in your life. Mm-hmm. Like I think that oh, everybody percent. who you have a relationship with, you must set boundaries for. You must take time apart from them. And you should recognize each other's strengths and play to them because that is the, um, that is the, I think the, the way that we can move forward in relationships. And like I said before, recognize that intent behind what feedback you're being given and receive it from a place of humbleness and love and And love and love. Ooh, I will add also just to add further and like a resource is understanding and there's so much there's so many resources out there now on how to set boundaries because a lot of people don't have that capacity Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with setting boundaries either because of their you know their childhood trauma they have so many work trauma all of these things they not navigating that so 
um, one is escaping me now, but literally starting out, we can be saying set boundaries, but if you don't know how, research Research Google how to set boundaries. Google <laughs> so is the have, number one resource. Google for is the number one resource <laughs> how to set boundaries. And there's so many resources out there that talk about it. Um, I know there's um, somebody who I follow on Instagram, the millennial therapist, and mm. she talks a lot about setting boundaries and figuring out, you know, what's best for you and how to communicate that. Because you can set as many boundaries as you want, but if you're not communicating it and articulating it in such a way, it, it kind of gets lost and then you couldn't you can hurt the relationship that you're trying to navigate yeah i think we'll put that on our instagram yeah that's a good idea so if you want to see these tips that we've shared just go to our instagram at savvy sector and you'll find any of the tips that we share in all of the podcasts there all right until next saturday all right everyone stay, stay savvy, savvy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>